Part Five, Chapter Eleven of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Eleven. Anatol Kuragin was living in Moscow because his father had sent him from Petersburg, where he had been spending more than twenty thousand rubles a year and had accumulated heavy debts as well, which his creditors were trying to obtain from his father. His father explained to him that he would, for the last time, pay one-half of his debts, but only on condition of his going to Moscow as adjutant to the governor-general of the city, an appointment which he obtained for him. He advised him to make up his mind at last to try to win the hand of some rich heiress. He suggested the Princess Maria, or Julie Karagina. Anatol consented and went to Moscow, where he took up his residence at Pierre's. At first Pierre received him with scant welcome but at length he became accustomed to him, and occasionally accompanied him on his sprees, and, under the pretense of a loan, gave him money. Anatol, as Shinshin correctly stated the case, had instantly turned the heads of all the girls in Moscow, and particularly by the fact of his affected neglect of them, and his avowed preference for gypsy girls and French actresses, with the leading light of whom, Mademoiselle Georges, it was said, he was on terms of close intimacy." He never failed of a single drinking bout given by Danilov or the other fast men of Moscow. He could drink steadily from night till morning, out-drinking everyone else. Moreover, he was a constant habitué of all the balls and receptions in the upper circles of society. Rumors were rife of various intrigues of his with married ladies in Moscow, and at the balls he always paid particular court to several. But from young ladies, particularly those who were rich and in the marriage market, most of whom were excessively plain, Anatole kept at a respectful distance, and this arose from the fact, known only to a very few of his most intimate friends, that he had been married two years before. Two years before, while his regiment had been cantoned in Poland, a Polish proprietor of a small estate had forced Anatole to marry his daughter. Anatole had soon after abandoned his wife, and, by engaging to send money periodically, he persuaded his father-in-law to let him pass still as a bachelor. Anatole was always satisfied with his situation, with himself, and with other people. He was instinctively, by his whole nature, convinced that it was entirely impossible for him to lead another manner of existence, and that he had never in his life done anything wrong. He was in no condition to ponder on the effect that his behavior might have on others, or what might be the result of his behaving in this, that, or the other way. He was persuaded that, just as the duck was so created as always to be in the water, in the same way he was created by God for the purpose of living with an income of 30,000 rubles a year, and of occupying the highest pinnacle of society. He was so firmly grounded in this opinion, that other people also, when he saw them, shared in his conviction, and never thought of refusing him either the foremost place in society, or the money which he took of any one he met, without ever thinking of repaying it. He was no gambler, at least, he never showed sordid love for gain, he was not ostentatious. It was absolutely a matter of indifference to him what men thought of him. Still less was he open to the charge of ambition. Many times he had annoyed his father by injuring his own prospects, and he always made sport of dignities. He was not stingy, and he never refused anyone who asked a favor of him. All that he cared for was a good time, and women, and, as, according to his opinion, there was nothing ignoble in these tastes, and he could not calculate the consequence for other people of the gratification of these tastes of his, he therefore considered himself irreproachable, 
sincerely scorned ordinary scoundrels and base men and held his head high with a tranquil conscience debauchees those male magdalens have a secret feeling of blamelessness such as is peculiar to the frail sisterhood and it is based in the same hope of forgiveness she shall be forgiven much for she hath loved much and he shall be forgiven much because he hath enjoyed much dolokhof back again in moscow after his exile and his adventures in persia and once more leading a dissipated and luxurious life and playing high naturally became intimate with his old petersburg companion kuragin and made use of him for his own ends anatole really liked dolokhof for his wit intelligence and audacity dolokhof who found the name the notability and the connections of anatole kuragin an admirable decoy for attracting rich young fellows into his clutches made use of him and got enjoyment out of him without letting him suspect it besides the financial purpose for which anatole served him the act itself of controlling the will of another was an enjoyment a habit a necessity for dolokhof natasha had made a deep impression on kuragin at supper after the opera with all the enthusiasm of a connoisseur he praised to dolokhof her arms her shoulders her feet and her hair and he expressed his intention of making love to her the possible consequences of such love-making anatole did not stop to consider nor was it in him to foresee them any more than in any other of his escapades yes she's pretty my dear fellow but she's not for us said dolokhof i'm going to tell my sister to invite her to dinner how's that suggested anatole you had better wait till she's married you know said anatole j'adore les petites filles you can turn their heads so quick you have already fallen into the hands of one petite fille said dolokhof who knew about anatole's marriage see well can't get caught a second time eh replied anatole good-naturedly laughing End of chapter eleven